0: Well, let's uh, take our Bibles and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, if we could please. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And as you're turning there, 2 Timothy chapter 4, um, Paul charges uh, young man by the name of Timothy to verse number 2, preach the word. Today we're going to preach the word about the word. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Word of God today. Second Timothy chapter 3 and uh, verse number 14, uh, we'll be through verse 17. If you would uh, join me in standing and we read God's Word together uh, this morning. So we appreciate the opportunity once again to fill in for our pastor and continue to pray for them that uh, God may uh, restore them to restore and that he'd be able to be back here Wednesday night and, and the next week as well. You know, they got the they got the flu bug and didn't want to share it with us. And he said, well, we'll let you be selfish in that one uh, this time. So, uh, but yeah, I pray for them. I know he, he's itching to be here. He prefers to preach. Uh, he really enjoys it, and I know we enjoy hearing him as well. But uh, today I know the Lord has something for us, and uh, so let's go ahead and uh, read down the verses. <coughs> Verse 14 says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, Unto all good works. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Today, Lord, as we focus on it, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to grow in our relationship with your word. Because, Lord, your word reveals who you are. So, Lord, I pray that you would guide our time tonight, or this morning, and speak to our hearts, and help us, Lord, to um, love and, and appreciate your word more than we have before we pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. You know, in the Bible, God gives several titles to His Word, and I'd like to share a few of them with you this morning. He refers to the Bible as the Scriptures, found here in verse number fifteen. And then from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then verse 16 again, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And then in John chapter 5, Jesus calls on the scriptures as well. In John chapter 5 and verse 39, he says, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Uh, the Bible is also referred to as the Word of God in Hebrews chapter number 4 and verse number 12. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discer- discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible is also referred to as the Word of the Lord in First Peter chapter number 1. Verse 23, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and bideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. And here it is, verse 25, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. And then Psalm 18, verse number 30. It's also mentioned as the word of the Lord. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He's a buckler to all those that trust in him. The Bible's also referred to as the parchments. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, your Bible's open to 2 Timothy. Look in uh, chapter 4, verse number 13. Um, he's talking to Timothy and he says, "...the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee." In other words, it's cold. I wouldn't mind having my cloak. Um, and then he says, "...and the books. I want to keep growing in my learning." And then he says at the end of that verse, but especially the parchments. Look, if you have to leave the cloak and the book's at home, that's fine, but make sure you bring me the word of God. I I want to keep reading the word of God. So the parchments. It's also called the the faithful word in Titus chapter 1. If you look over to the next page there in Titus chapter 1, verse number 9, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Um, and it's also called the Word of Truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. And that says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. It's also called the Law of the Lord in Psalm 19. If you take your Bible and just turn over to Psalm 19, uh, several different titles here given in this very short passage. 19. Psalm 19. <clears throat> It's called uh, the law of the Lord in verse number 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. It's called the testimony of the Lord uh, as we continue reading in verse 7. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. It's also called in verse number 8, the statutes of the Lord. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And here it is also, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Um, it's also called the judgments of the Lord in verse number 9. The fear of the Lord is clean enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And then I'll go ahead and read verse number 10 and 11. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant worn, and in keeping of them there is great reward. If I were to say, here, I, I have a big bag of, of gold coins hundred percent pure gold. Uh, Would you want it? I think all of us would say, yes I would, sign me up. But here the psalmist says, the word of God is to be desired more than fine gold. Um, The word of God has other titles, and one of my favorite ones is the word of life, found in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. And then Philippians chapter 2, verse 16, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. So, the word of life. This morning, we're going to talk about this very book, and how important it is in each of our lives. In 1874, Philip P. Bliss once wrote these words. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life, words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty, beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. A traveler was preparing for a long trip. A friend asked if he was all packed, and he said... Yep, just about. Uh, I've got my guidebook, a lamp, a mirror, a microscope, a volume of fine poetry, a package of old letters, a songbook, a sword, a hammer, and, and a set of books. Well, the friend said, but but you can't get all that in one suitcase. He said, sure I can, replied the traveler. It doesn't take much room. And he places Bible in the suitcase and closed the lid. You see, the Bible is all of that. Now, Paul gives... Timothy, five important truths about this word of life that we want to look at this morning. Second Timothy chapter 3, we have five aspects and truths about the word of God and the word of life that we want to focus in on today. First of all, number one, I want us to notice the power of the word of life. The power of the word of life. Verse number 15, as he talks to Timothy, he says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise of the salvation. You see, the Word of God is powerful enough to make us wise into salvation, to help us understand our need for a Savior, and then to point us to the Savior. The Word of God has it all in. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, Paul says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So we're brought to a relationship with Christ through the Word of God. The Word of God gives us the way of salvation. There's a story of a preacher who stood on the street corner preaching to anyone who would listen. A man approached him who looked like he lived on the street for a long time. Well, can I help you? asked the preacher. Well, I think you you can, said, said the man. Well would you like me to tell you about Jesus? No. Well would you like me to pray for you? No. Well, if you don't want me to tell you about Jesus, and you don't want me to pray for you, how can I help you? You can give me your Bible. Well, why would you want my Bible if you have no interest in knowing more about Jesus? Well, he said, uh, I noticed that the pages of your Bible are very thin. I can use the pages to wrap a cigarette. Well, wisdom came suddenly to the preacher who said, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll give you the Bible if you'll agree to read a page of the Bible before you smoke it. Well, the man agreed, took his new Bible, and left. The preacher thought he had seen the last of the, the man, and he could just get another Bible somewhere else. Well, several months came, and, uh, and the preacher was on the street corner once again. The man came up to him, dressed in a three-piece suit. You don't know me, do you? The man said. No, I, I've never seen you a day in my life. Well, yes, you have. I, I'm the man you gave a Bible to about four months ago. The preacher couldn't believe his eyes and and he said, well, what happened? Tell me what happened. I've got to know. Well, see, I I smoked the book of Matthew and I smoked Mark then I smoked Luke and then John smoked me. As soon as he began to read the word of God, it began to penetrate into his heart and it was Able to draw him to a relationship with Christ. And his life was changed. This book changed and has changed many, many lives. And I am one of those who this book has changed. It can also break hearts of stone. It can also break hearts of stone. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces... I have here this morning a tool. Uh, you don't use this to... Uh, you only use this for certain things. This tool can break things. It can break a window pretty easily. And the Word of God is able to break a rock like a hammer. I love that because how many stony hearts over the years has God used His Word to break uh, break, and to cause them to repent. Jacob Koshy grew up in Singapore with one driving ambition, to be a success in life, to gain all all the money and possessions he could. That led him into the world of drugs and gambling. Eventually, he became lord of an international smuggling network. In 1980, he was arrested and placed in a government drug uh, rehab prison in, in Singapore. Well, he was frustrated beyond endurance. All of his gold, purposes, dreams, and ambitions were locked up with him in a tiny cell, and his heart was full of a cold emptiness. He was a smoker. Here's another smoking story. <laughs> and cigarettes weren't allowed in the center. Instead, he smuggled in tobacco and rolled it in the pages of the Gideon Bible. Well, one day he fell asleep while smoking. He awoke to find that the cigarette had burned out and all that remained was a scrap of charred paper. He unrolled it and read what it was written. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Jacob asked for another Bible and read the entire story of the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. He suddenly realized that if God could help someone like Saul, God could help him too. There in his cell, he knelt and prayed, asking Christ to come into his life and change him. He began crying and couldn't stop. The tears of a wasted life washed away his pain. God redeemed him. He started sharing his story with the other prisoners and as soon as he was released, he became involved in a church. He met a Christian woman, married her, and is now a missionary in the Far East, where he t- tells people far and wide, who would have believed that I could find truth by smoking the word of God? And once again, God used his word like a hammer to break the rock in pieces. The power of the word of life. Not only is it a, able to make you wise in the salvation, not only is it a, Uh, Like a hammer, it can break the hearts of stone, but it acts as a mirror. And so this morning, I have a mirror. I'd like to show you what you all look like this morning, (laughs) from my vantage point. (laughs) Pretty good looking group, if you ask me. It acts as a mirror to show us what we really are. James chapter 1, let me go ahead and turn over there. In verse number 22, it says, But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, straightway forgetteth what manner of a man he was. But whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man should be blessed in his deed. So, what it's saying here is the Word of God acts as a mirror, and as I look at it, and it's kind of a broken mirror at the moment. (laughs) How many of you noticed that already? (laughs) Um, It wasn't so broken earlier today, but I think when we put it down, it messed up. But that's all right. Uh, maybe Maybe it's when I looked at it, it broke. I think that's probably what happened. But as I look at it, and I notice something that needs to be changed a hair out of place. Well, first of all, I need a hair to be in place, but. If you notice something that needs to be changed and say, well, look at that, that needs to be changed, and then you just don't do anything, it's the same thing as if you look at the Word of God, which is able to reveal who you really are and don't do anything about it. Verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall bless his deed. The one who looks into the Word of God says, I need to change this in my life. I need to work on this, and I need to make some decisions. That man is going to be blessed in his deed. It reveals who we really are as a mirror. The power of the word of life. It also can discern my thoughts. It can discern my thoughts. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I don't have a sword this morning, but I do have a knife, and I'm not so sure how sharp it is. But it's a big one. The word of God is able to kind of cut beyond the facade and the surface. And open up to who we really are. And it also acts as kind of a magnifying glass so that we can kind of get in and see what you normally can't see very often. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So again, beyond the facade, beyond the, what we say, the Word of God is able to find out who we really are, and know even our motives and the thoughts and intents of our heart. The Word of God is powerful and can change lives. The story is told of a South Sea Islander who proudly displayed his Bible to a GI during World War II. He'd received it as a present from a missionary some time before. The soldier said, "Oh, we've outgrown that sort of thing." the former former cannibal smiled back and said, well it's a good thing we have it because if it weren't for this book you would be our evening meal. The word of God has changed lives many, many lives. I'm sure I'm talking to those who your lives have been changed as well because of the word of God. It is powerful. But not only does Paul talk about the power of the word of life, but he mentions here the purity of the word of life. Back in uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verse number Uh, 15, he says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, uh, the purity of the word of life. Uh, You've known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise into salvation. And then verse 16, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh, That insinuates that this is no ordinary book, this is a pure book. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 21, For the prophecy came not at old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. You see, every word of God is pure. Psalm 12 and verse number 6, The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Psalm 19 and verse number 8. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalm 119 verse 140. Thy word is very pure. Therefore thy servant loveth it. And then Proverbs in verse 30, chapter 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. The purity of the word of life, listen to this, is the cure. For the impurity of my mind and heart. I'll say that one more time. The purity of the word of life is the cure for the impurity of my mind and heart. All of us live in an impure world where our minds are defiled by the things that we see and hear and experience. The word of God acts as a cleansing agent because of its purity. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I don't know about you, but I'd like to see the Lord working in my life. Well, when I have a pure heart, I'm able to sense and discern God's uh, presence and God's moving in my life. Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 17, Mm -hmm. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We're sanctified, we're cleansed, we're set apart. Through his word. John 15 and verse number 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Again, this acts as a spiritual detergent in our life to cleanse out the impurities. As we get into it, the more we saturate ourselves and our minds with the word of God, the cleaner we become. Ephesians chapter 5, and verse number 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. Now, it was uh, probably about maybe 10 years ago, I realized I needed these things. I mean, I can see you all out there, kind of, sort of. But once I put these on, I'm able to see a lot clearer. But there's something that happens to these every day. They get dirty. They get smudges. They get dust. And I'm wrestling with my kids. They put their fingerprints all over it. And I have to do something every day these. I have to clean them so that I'm able to see properly. Spiritually speaking, this is the same thing that happens to us. Our our hearts get kind of dirty as we live in this dirty world. We've got to cleanse it every day so again, so that we can see God properly. So we can think about God rightly and so that we can see the Lord working in our lives. And we wash our hearts through his word. So we see the purity of the word of life. Number three, I'd like you to see the profit of the word of God. The profit of the word of God. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, When we hear the word profit, we think financial profit. We think uh, financial prosperity. Here's what the psalmist had to say. Psalm 119, I'm going to go ahead and turn over there. You don't have to. Psalm 119 and verse 72. He said, The law of my mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. The law of thy mouth, Lord, is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. In other words, the psalmist said, Lord, I'd rather have your word than than a full bank account than a really good 401k. I'd rather have your word than all of that. If I had to choose between the two, I would choose your word every time. Verse 103. Oh, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Lord, your word is sweet to me. More than any food that I could ever eat. Um, This is more valuable to me. Verse 127. It says, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Do you love God's word above financial gain? The psalmist did, and I hope that you will too. And Job had this to say, Neither have I gone back from, this, from the commandments of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Again, he said, if, if I had to choose between food and God's word, I would choose God's word. I'm thankful that most of us don't have to make that choice every day. We can have both. But and most of us are pretty good at making sure that we get our food, right? Let's make sure that we get the Word of God in our uh, lives as well. Paul said that the word of of life is profitable, and it's profitable for doctrine. And that's basically what is right. It's, It's profitable for reproof, what is not right. And it's profitable for correction, how to get right when you have gone off course. And then it's profitable for instruction, how to stay right, how to get back on course, and how to stay on course. So it's profitable. Number four, I'd like you to see the purpose of the word of life. The purpose of the Word of Life, verse number seventeen, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, and this gives a connotation of mature, complete instructions for my life, all the resource I need, and it's and it's also preparing me to do good works, which means that the Word of God needs to be lived out, lived out. So we've seen here the power of the word of life. We've seen uh, the purity of the word of life, the profit of the word of life, purpose. But fifthly, and really where this message comes to, uh, the the main point here is the practice of the word of life. The practice of the word of life. This is found in verse number 14. Where Paul says to Timothy... But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Continue. Someone once wrote these words Most people are bothered by those passages of Scripture they do not understand. But the passages that bother me most are those that I do understand. What he was saying was My issue isn't lack of knowledge, usually, it's lack of obedience see, the word of God and the word of life wasn't just given for our knowledge so that we can know a bunch of Bible facts. No, it's to be lived out. It's to be obeyed. Again, we've read James chapter 1. I'll read it again. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. In other words, practice the word of God. Live it out. If any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh at the perfect law of liberty, and continueth there, and he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Oh, this man should be blessed in his deed. And those who do and practice the word of God are going to be blessed. I want to be blessed, don't you? The only way it's going to happen is if we actually practice the word of life. Not just receive it and and, uh, and know it, but go and live it. Go and live it. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 7, only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. So God's here telling Joshua, uh, who is now taking the place of Uh, Moses here to lead the nation of Israel into the promised land, he said the way you're going to have prosperity is if you obey and do the word of God. Most of us know this verse, in verse number (coughs) 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It's only when we do God's word and practice what he is pre- or practice what we read in his word that we can have prosperity and good success. By the way, the only time the word success is found in the Bible is right here in Deuteronomy or Joshua chapter 1 verse number 8 and it has to do with obeying God's word and doing it. The TV camera Crew was on assignment in South Florida filming the widespread destruction of Hurricane Andrew back in 1992. In one scene, amid the devastation and debris, stood one house on its foundation. The owner was cleaning up the yard when the reporter approached. Sir, why is your house the only one standing? asked the reporter. How did you manage to escape the severe damage of the hurricane? The man replied, I, I built the house myself. I also built it according to Florida State Building Code. When the code called for two by six trusses, I used two by six trusses. I was told that a house built according to the code could withstand a hurricane. I did, and it did. Uh, it reminds me exactly of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. O oh, the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the same. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and fell. Great was the fall of it. This passage was written to people in this room. And both categories of people mentioned in this passage are also found in this room. A lot of times we think the foolish man is the one who maybe is outside of these walls, who doesn't come to church, who doesn't believe in Christ. No both those who built their house upon a rock and upon the sand are ones who have heard the word of God. And notice in verse 24 in Matthew chapter 7, therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. And then verse 26 says, and everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. So both are hearing, but one chooses to do, and one chooses not to do. Can I ask you the question, which one are you? Are you the one that says, Lord, when you speak to my heart, and I know what your word says about an area of my life that needs to be changed, and I don't do what you said, I'm the foolish man. But when I do what you say, I'm the wise man that builds my house upon a rock. So can I ask you, when, when God's word is preached, when you're reading God's word, and, and it Reveal something about your life that needs to be changed. What do you do about it? Are you like the one who looks in the mirror and says, Wow, I have a lot of work to do on this. But I don't have time. I'm going to just continue my way like I was before. Or are you going to say, I'm going to take the time right now to fix what needs to be fixed. Which one are you? D.L. Moody said, the scriptures were not given for our inspiration, or information, but for our transformation. The Bible was given for our transformation, not so that we could just gain a whole bunch of knowledge. Though we should grow in our knowledge, the knowledge by itself puffeth up. We need to be practicing the word of God. As we close this morning, let's consider the following facts about the Bible, about the Word of Life. First, the Bible is not just one single book, no. It's actually a collection of 66 books, which is called the Canon Scriptures. These 66 books contain a variety of sorts. It has history, it has poetry, it has prophecy, it has wisdom, literature, letters, and it talks about the end times. Secondly, these 66 books were written by 40 different authors. These authors came from a variety of backgrounds. Some were shepherds, some were fishermen, some were doctors, kings, prophets, and others. And most of these authors never knew one another personally. Third, these 66 books were written over a period of 1,500 years. Yet again, this is another reminder that many of these authors never knew or worked together with one another in writing these books. Fourth, these 66 books of the Bible were written in three different languages. In the Bible, we have books that were written in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Finally, these 66 books were written on three different continents. Africa, Asia, and Europe. Uh, Once again, this is a testimony to the very historical and cultural circumstances of God's people. So we have 66 books written by 40 different authors... Over 1,500 years, in three different languages, on three different continents. What's more, though, this collection of books shares a common storyline. The creation, fall, and redemption of God's people. And a common theme, God's universal love for all of humanity. And a common message, salvation is available to all who repent their sins and believe on Christ. On top of this, these 66 books contain absolutely no historical errors, or contradictions. No wonder the Bible is called the Word of Life. Since it is the Word of Life, let's love this book. Not worship it, but let's love it. Let's look at it. Let's spend time every day looking in God's Word, feasting upon the Word of Life. Let's learn it. Study to show thyself approved unto God. God wants us to learn his word. Uh, many of us have learned things that are pretty empty. Things that won't matter for all of eternity. Learn the word of God. This is something that will last for all of eternity. And then most importantly, live it out. Now don't just consume it and then one ear out the other, one eyeball and out the other eyeball. Let's live it out. Let's make sure that we are practicing The word of God, the word of life. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the word of life that you have given us. What a tremendous gift that you've given us with the Bible. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to value it a little more than we have before. I pray, Lord, that we would understand its power and its purity and how it can profit us in this life. Lord, what its purpose is, is to uh, mature us and to grow us and to get us to live it out, to practice it. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do so. Thank you for this time this morning. Pray, Lord, that we would be different because of what we heard today. In Jesus' name, amen.